everybody and welcome to, well it's kind of part two and part four of our Oscars coverage. Now, of course, I am the most wonderful Matt of them all. It is post-production Matt, editor Matt, and I can tell you editor Matt's gone home in a huff because this is our fourth episode of the week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for taking part in this with us. We really enjoyed the content. We had so much fun recording it. I hope you've had fun listening to it. So let's just leave it there because we've taken up, in quite honesty, enough of your time already this week. So again, thanks for listening. And I'm going to pass you over to the second best man. Maybe third or fourth. Who gives a fuck? It ain't me. I'm the post-production man. And I'm number one. It always will be, baby. Thank you. Makeup and hair styling, all quiet on the Western Front. The Batman, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. This one's intriguing, actually. Yeah, it is. Intriguing. On one hand, you've got a period piece, but what they did with Colin Farrell in The Batman should win any year. Mm. Yeah, that that was crazy. It's his costume, though, because... Maybe. It's the most probably time-intensive and intrinsic to the film out of all of those. Yeah, I don't have, I don't really have anything to say about this. I mean, it is intriguing. I just don't know what criteria is or what to yeah, it's not really say with... about it. I would say that for all the ones I've seen, which are four of the five, they're all impressive to me. I don't even like Elvis, but I will say that makeup and hair sign was quite good in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Because, it's you know, it's a period. You know, it's like the fit. It's yeah, very, like, yeah. there's 50s bouffants and all that. So Academy loves the period piece. Oh, they do, don't they? Especially if you can put Jews, black people, or AIDS in it, then... <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it. Which one's got the most Jews? <laughs> uh, okay, do we have anything with more black people? <laughs> uh... <laughs> International feature film, and that's a wash for me. All, all Quiet on the Western Front's the obvious one. I've not seen the other four in there, although I'm interested to see The Quiet Girl. EO from Poland supposed to be pretty good. It's going to be All Quiet on the Western Front. It's nominated for Best Picture. They might as well hand yeah. that out now. Totally. Now, this is a good one. Film editing, Top Gun Maverick, Tar, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Elvis, Banshees of Inishirin. Now, what I'll say about this category... Is the reason that, that I didn't like Tar and you didn't like Elvis is the editing, specifically mm. under-edited for Tar. It needed to be more precise with its editing. Some of the mm-hmm. scenes were impossible, to, possibly long to watch. Horribly so. So I'm surprised that those two are in there. But again, it's just those same five films being repeated ad nauseum. So, okay. I can see why Elvis is in there because like, it's got that Baz Luhrmann style. It's got like the... The four panels were like different things are going on and all that okay. stuff. That's like very, very characteristic of that. Right, 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 right. It's not typically replicated. That's like a thing he does. And so I think people kind of get a hard on for that. But yeah, it's quite under edited. Far too long, first of all. 
I like the other ones. I don't hate or even really dislike everything everywhere all at once. It's just not really for me. So I can see why that would win. It's a stylistic choice with everything everywhere all at once. With its intention, it's a part of the character mm-hmm. of the film. I could understand why that would win. Now, for me, Banshees of Inisherin, it's not something where you specifically notice the editing. The editing isn't a part of the film. And for the antithesis of everything everywhere all at once, because it's so subtle and it maintains the flow of the story so impeccably well, kind of like the best CGI is a CGI that you're not aware is there. The film mm-hmm. editing of Banshees of Inisherin was so subtle, patient again. I like it. I would like it to win. I would be happy for it to win. Let's put it that way. I'd be happy for it to win because it would be an exercise in subtlety. But come on, dude. Top Gun Maverick, all the 300 hours. I know, yeah. 300. Can you imagine trying to edit that together? And they only got up there for like an hour, 90 minutes a day. And it was over the period of months. Just, I can't. It's still mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. I'm excited just talking about the editing for it. It's got to be. I kind of feel like... It's got to be. It has to be, Tim. It's either going to be that or everything everywhere. It's going to be one of those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like a horse race. It's too close to call. Mm, mm. But I I agree, though. Top Gun Maverick. Oh, my God. It's so true. When you think about just, like, the sheer volume of the footage that they had to piece together, unbelievable. Because it cost them something, like, I don't know if it was tens of thousands a day to just get up there, to have in the aeroplanes, in the aircraft. And the actors had to turn their own cameras on. And Miles Teller kept forgetting to turn it on. So they'd oh. go out. <laughs> yeah. He said, well, what can you do? Like, I'm not doing it intentionally. And I was really sorry. And he goes, well, how did Tom Cruise take it? I didn't mean to do it. And I was really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The scale of Top Gun Maverick. This is one where it wouldn't be a disputed choice if it did win. I think it's one where people would go, do you know what? It deserved that. Next one, documentary short film. I won't go through that one because I've not seen any documentary feature film. Again, I've saw a little bit of Fire of Love, but I nodded off. Not as a representation of the film, but it was just one of those I put up to tick the box of having watched it when I was falling asleep. And I didn't really go back to it. But I always find the documentary feature films are generally stuff that I'll watch on a whim one afternoon. I'm not overly eager, so let's... I haven't seen any of them. The next one up is directing. Now, again, this is going to start sounding very familiar. Triangle of Sadness, Tar, Fablemans, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Banshees of Initiating. Now, for me, directing, how do you create a duplicity between best feature film and best director? I think what you have to do is which of these got the most out of what was available. So it's almost a relative category as opposed to a finite category. Mm-hmm. No, that's interesting. For that reason, I would rather see Banshees of Inisherin and win Best Feature Film. But I think from the standpoint of exacting the most from its resources, it has to be everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, I, I agree. Also... F- because like we were talking about, very breakneck pace and there's a lot yeah. going on. The directing really, really does have to be dialed in to guide the viewer th- through all of that. Another way to think of it is if the directing's not dialed in, the movie is lost. Okay, so. With the other ones, they're just more conventional 
forms of storytelling. And so you can have a very average direction still like the story makes sense and you can you can enjoy the movie although i've heard that they're not going to win that really yeah i think that that one probably deserves it i would say so i'll keep repeating myself tar the direction was poor kate blanchett directs kate blanchett i know right from a purity of nomination point of view i would, I would go everything everywhere if i were betting though i'd vote for steven spielberg because yeah. A, it's Steven Spielberg. B, it's a movie about Hollywood. C, it's yeah. like his story. He, you know, yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just crazy. I, I just don't really enjoy that movie. Next up, costume design. Nominees, Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, everything, everywhere, all at once. And surprisingly, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I love that movie. Yeah, I thought you did. I really, 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 really enjoyed that one. That's a good one because it's got the the elements that you would expect to see in costume design. It's like a period piece, but it's within the period, you know, like working class costumes. And then she, of yeah, course, yeah. is dabbling in Dior, high society. So it's got all that. So it's got not just period, but within that period, a range of different costumes. So that would be really, I am rooting for that one. I don't know how to handicap this, but that seems deserving. It was Ruth Carter that won the previous Black Panther. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I liked was, obviously, there was the Afrofuturism that's been talked about enough, and I wouldn't claim to know anything other than quoting that that's what it actually was in the two films. So I won't do it that disservice. From the pure costume design, Ruth Carter was 3D printing a lot of the accoutrements. Is that right? Oh, (laughs) really? And the neck pieces and the head pieces to make them like they were hand-woven and seamless, not just from a point of the end product, but it was a really creative way of generating the visuals of the Afrofuturism look. So interesting. my only criticism of this, well, not my only criticism, my massive criticism of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, CGI costumes, superhero outfits looked fucking terrible in this. They looked like hokey mm-hmm. 90s, was it Gundam? Really, yeah. really bad. It's just a case of reinventing the wheel a little bit with this one. Yeah, we've yeah, yeah. been there. We've seen it. Okay, totally fair enough. One of the pitfalls of doing IPs, you either have to be the first or the best. Right, right. Even if this case you're both, that's actually hurts you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly right. Pretty but, done it. Yeah. I'm kind of agnostic to this. There's nothing that really jumps out at me. I'm happy to take a word from Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I don't either, I don't, but I, I, don't, I would be happy if if that if that one. Cinematography. We have okay. Tar. Fuck off. Empire of Light, which I'm not familiar with. Elvis. Bardo, false chronicle of a handful of truths. Oh. I don't know what that is. I don't, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> I wish I'd watched <laughs> it now. All quiet on the Western Front. Um Empire Light's supposed to be pretty good. I'm a little bit hamstrung on this one from not seeing two of the five nominations. But I think this is something that All Quiet on the Western Front could easily win by its nature, if not its ability. I've only seen one of these five, you believe that? So I really am in no position to judge it, but this seems like prime for All Quiet on the Western Front to me. It does, yeah. Let's um, scoot quickly onto animated feature film. Guillem Del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel Michel with shoes on, Puss in Boots, Last Wish, Sea Beast, Turning Red. I'm going to say something quite controversial. Mm-hmm. The animated film that I enjoyed most from last year was Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, you love that. I just loved it. 
I don't think it has the rewatchability. So as an actual feature film, it's probably not there. It was the top gun of animated films. Do you know what I mean? I just enjoyed watching it. It was clever. It was smart. It was funny. It didn't take itself seriously, but at the same time, it had a nice message. And yeah, I just really, really, really enjoyed that. But it's not about what isn't there, Tim. It's about what is there. Have you seen all of these? Interestingly, I have not seen the ones that are the frontrunners. I've not yet seen Pinocchio or Marcel the Shell with shoes on. I've seen the Puss in Boots, the Sea Beast, and Turning Red. I loved all those. They're great. But it sounds like Pinocchio and Marcel are the, that's the real horse race here. I found it a little bit tedious, and in all honesty. It was charming, but I found it a little bit dreary. And, uh, have you seen I, Pinocchio? I have, yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Very good. good. I like the way that it reset it to fascist wartime Italy and the recruitment drive for Mussolini's army as opposed to Pinocchio being seduced by the perils of a misspent youth it was in actual fact being seduced with the promises of the riches of war the spoils of Mm. war it was really well done really enjoyable watched it with my mum over Christmas actually and she enjoyed it I can see it winning probably deserved to win Puss in Boots Last Wish good film I don't think it's as good as everybody was saying people that saw it first it was because their expectations were exceeded but then the expectations were ridden to only be disappointed by so Sea Beast not seen Turning Red was fantastic heartfelt warm coming of age story for adolescent girls that's the beauty of storytelling when you can make me relate to something that I can't identify with, but I can feel sympathy to that character. Totally. Heating up now. Actress in a supporting role. Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow, The Whale. Carrie Condon, Banshees of Inishirin. Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue. Everything, everywhere, all at once. It's interesting to see that there's two for everything, everywhere, all at once. I can't yeah. remember either of those actresses doing anything specifically excellent. So to have two nominations seems queer to me. Perry Condon and the Banshees of Inishir. And the only thing I was doing during that film was trying to work out where I'd heard her voice before and why it was Friday from the Avengers films. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I'm kind of curious. There's two actors from Banshees of Inishir for Best Supporting Actor. I wonder what the data is on how supporting actors fare if they're nominated in the same picture in the same year. Like, do they typically always, I can imagine like splitting votes. I agree. I can't really like, I don't really remember anything special about either of these performances and everything everywhere. I really like Carrie Condon. You know, my views on Hong Chao. She was so great in that movie. The acting in that movie is so excellent. Even if you put in somebody not as a, undeserved one but someone like Dove Cameron from Vengeance I can't remember like Angela about anything special about Anna Taylor-Joy in The Northman I, yeah there was just nothing spectacular about those two support I, I can't remember either either of them doing very much I think it's just one of those that ticking the boxes for, for the big films the, the annoying thing for me is that everybody was talking about Angela Bassett I think the easy thing to do is to sort of angry cry your way through something to make it seem a emotive now i'm not detracting from the job that angela bassett did but letitia wright who played shuri she blew me away in that film i mean would she be lead actress who knows because it was almost like the whole thing was ensemble but Mm -hmm. 
I felt her performance was more powerful because she was broken. She and then she also had to take on the role of Black Panther, and it yeah, it was more layers to it. It was a more complex performance. I think Angela Bassett's was just very much, I'm angry and I'm upset. Right, right. If you wanted to put both of them in here and take out either of Jamie Lee Curtis or Stephanie Sue, I would have been happy to see that. But I think for me, I would have liked to see Letitia Wright in there over Angela Bassett if that was a choice. Or if there was a film to have two, it would have been that. I mean, sure. on, the, on the subject of Black Panther, it's prominently a black film. It was prominently a female film as well. Right. I feel, and I feel by the end of it, it emancipated the prowess of all the leading female actors in it. Just strangely contrary, killing off Angela Bassett. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That film was a bit of a muddle in general, I think. It lacks identity. Yeah. I agree. So I'm happy to go to Hong Chao. I'd be really happy if she won this. She's Down really, really good. It. That's one I'm I'm actually rooting for, I would say. Yeah. Actress in a leading role, Kate Blanchett Tar, Anida Armis Blonde, uh, Andrea Riseborough uh, to Leslie, Michelle Williams, Fablemans, Michelle Yo, everything everywhere, all at once. I could accept Kate Blanchett winning it because she was the only thing that succeeded in that film for me. Not watch mm. Blonde. So I heard it was a bit salacious and I always mm. find those a little bit awkward to watch. I don't think you can ever get past when sexual violence is depicted on screen. You can't, I can never, and not for me personally, but I can't get past, for somebody it's titillation. Sure, and yeah. No matter how well intended it is, you are still making, it makes me awkward. I don't like so I've not watched that. Michelle Yeoh, fine. For me, it's Andrew Riseborough. Fucking hell, what a performance. Really? I've never, I, don't, I did not see this. Oh, my God. To Leslie. I only watched it because I saw the nomination. She's someone that wins the lottery. She squanders it. And then she becomes devastated by alcoholism. The relationship with the son completely deteriorates. And the last scene in this film... The very last scene, I was ugly crying, like wah-wah crying. Unbelievably powerful. There's not a scene in this that you don't believe Riseborough impeccably portrayed how destructive alcoholism is to everyone around it. And also the first person that's ultimately affected by alcoholism is the person that's suffering from it. But yeah. I need to see that. It's just absolutely pristine, impeccable flawless, flooring performance. Absolutely fucking knocked me for sex. I gotta watch that. I don't have a rooting interest in this. So I'm gonna root for her and watch that. Not Michelle Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I like her. She's a good actor, but I fucking yeah, hate that does. movie. But she always plays the po-faced wife, though, don't she? <laughs> yep. Totally. Manchester um, by the Sea. Yeah, yeah. Um, Blue Valentine. She was in that, yeah. wasn't she? I love that film. I love that. That's such a good film. Uh, but I would say Kate Blanchett wins that. I think that's who's going to win it. But I won't probably shit my pants if Andrea Riseborough won. I got to watch that. Is that stream? You, you watched it streaming? Yeah, I stole it. I stole it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you can probably pay for it on something or other. It was one of those I put on as I was falling asleep and I got that captivated. It went from being a side of me to like holding it in front of my face. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely captivating. Who do you think will win it? I I kind of think Michelle Yeoh is going to win it. I didn't see Blonde either. I agree. It, just, it seemed its whole purpose was... Just... Like shock. It was to shock and awe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Although Anna de Armas, I didn't realise how good she was as an actor until this year. It just happened that I retrospectively watched a few films of hers. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's one of those where if she even gave you the time of the day, you'd just freeze, probably shit your pants and apologise <laughs> and then run away. <laughs> actor in a supporting role. Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keown from Banshees of Inisherin. Kei Hai Kwan for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans. And Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway. Is that the one he did with Mystique? I don't know this one, actually. I don't even know if it's available to watch. I thought it was an Apple TV film, but I couldn't find it anywhere. I don't know. The one thing that has me scratching my head here is Judd Hirsch. I don't understand that. He's fine. I don't... Very strange. I don't know. Weird. Maybe it's one of those things like aging actor. We got to get him as like nomination. I think it's going to go to one of the two uh, Banshees actors. While it would be nice to see Brendan Gleeson win, Barry Keegan was just that one scene where he's talking to. Oh uh, my god! And he's like, "Do you think that that maybe one day you you could fall in love with someone like me?" And she's like, "No, I don't think I can. Sorry. Oh, like no, I didn't think so." What about when I'm oh. older, when I'm your age? <laughs> She's like, no, sorry. Because oh, I didn't think so. I better go and do that thing I was going to do over there. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's a bellend, isn't he? But if you had a daughter, it's the exact sort of dude you would never want him going by. He is 99% mischief, but he's also 99% an absolute fucking charmer. A sweetheart. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> Like you he's would so always cool. feel loved, but you would always be an inch away from absolute peril. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, he's great. I liked, I love Brandon Gleason too. I think K. Kwan's going to win this one personally, but it'd be a great story, wouldn't it? It would be a great story. I don't know Causeway. I'd have to see this, but when it's available. But yeah, I could be happy with any number of these. K. Kwan's best chances if, if Banshee splits the vote. I wouldn't be too excited, too disappointed if. With, with this category. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actor in a leading role. Austin Butler, Oof. Elvis, Colin Farrell, Banshees, Brendan Fraser, The Whale, Paul Mescal, After Sun, and Bill Nye, Living. I was floored by Paul Mescal in After Sun. Most accurate depiction of depression and ill mental health I've ever seen. Really? And it's not done in the... It's not over-dramatised, very much for the point of view that he keeps it together when he's around people. The daughter is about 12 years old, so almost coming to that corruptible age. As a viewer, you're like, please don't make the film going this way. Please don't make it go this way. And it doesn't. But you mm. always feel this impending sense of dread. And it uses cutaways implicitly well to and maybe it was the last time that he was happy or maybe it's a good memory or maybe it's just an overwhelming sense of nostalgia from a simpler time in the past. Mm. And it only ever so slightly gives you glimpses into how he's truly feeling. Interesting. The rest, the rest of it plays like a very sedate slice of life. Does and says so little. But at the end of it, you just feel so heavy and dreadful about what that next scene may be. It's unbelievable. Yeah, a, fl- a flooring performance, even though it is incredibly understated. I mean, wow, I, don't think okay. he, I don't think he will win, but I mean, that's the one that I want without without question. Without hesitation. Oh, wow, okay. Well, yeah, I'll have to check that one out. I hadn't even uh, heard of it. It's the, the unfortunate you know, duplicity of having poor mental health. 
that outwardly nothing seems wrong, but inwardly you just you you falling apart really. But it's yeah, easy to yeah. keep up. You you go to work, nobody at work knows. You go for a drink after work with your friends, and it's not until you get home when you're alone with your thoughts and the preoccupation of what's going on. Who did you say you wanted to win it? I would be happy with either Brendan Fraser or Colin Farrell. I don't have any problem with Austin Butler. I hate the, I'm going to do an imitation of a person that existed in living memory. Like, I hate that. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he wins because that is like a surefire way of doing it. Play some historical figure. I mean, you see it time and time and time and time again on both sides, uh, actor and actress sides. It's a strong category, isn't it? Really it's a very strong category. Huge. Um, the Brendan Fraser performance, I haven't seen this movie yet, but it's just so so heartbreaking and so deeply tragic and what one thing you can see is how how clearly he's deluding himself he's in a reality that is so clearly wrong to the audience i mean it's so blatantly his views on people are just do not conform to what reality is and is sadie sadie sink yeah could we potentially put her in the best supporting actress i think she was like a little bit bad actually really okay yeah that's one of the problems with this movie so i think her performance is a little cammy on the nose right, destructive right, teenager right. and then there's another character who almost seems entirely superfluous but when you get down to the basics of him and hong chow it is sublime their acting is so excellent she is a nurse and so she takes care of him he won't go to a doctor and she keeps telling him to keep doing this yourself you will die the movie is in the last three days of his life basically notwithstanding all that she enables him that is very familiar to people who live with addicts yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he is such a kind heart. And you can see that in um, Brendan Fraser's um, performance. He views everything with rose-colored glasses to the extent that it's deeply damaging to him. And you can see both these elements of his personality. Very powerful. So I'd be real pumped if he won. And it's also like a good comeback story. I do like, a, you know, a Brendan Fraser comeback story. So that'd be kind of cool. I love Colin Farrell, too. It might be my favorite movie of the year. Top to bottom, maybe Banshees. I would love if he won, too. Either way, I'm going to be happy, and but either way, I'll be disappointed because I think both those performances are so deserving. I want to read through it again. This is the most exciting category for me. Austin Butler, Elvis. Colin Farrell, The Banshees of Inner Sheeran. Brendan Fraser, The Whale. Paul Mescal, Afterson. Bill Nye, Living. That's what the Oscars should be about. There we go. We've wrapped it up. Thank God. <laughs> We're done, Tim. <laughs> yeah, that was a thorough investigation of the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good, mate. It was uh, yeah. it was really, really enjoyable. I think we did it justice as well. I mean, for two people that we just like watching films, there wasn't yeah. too many gaps in the knowledge between us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Great then. So if everybody's listened to this to the end, I imagine it was quite a long one. Um, I might even split it into into two pieces. This one, yeah, I think I'll do two pieces. We'll do two pieces. Shall we do two okay. pieces? Let's do it's two pieces. Yeah. We'll split it in two. <laughs> if you want, maybe. Just in case we don't, we'll call it a day. There. Thank you very much for joining us. Remember, like, subscribe, follow, share, comment, like, subscribe, follow, comment. We are the Empod. We are on all platforms for podcasts in all your favorite listening locations in case you're on one of the chopped up bits on YouTube. If you're not on one of the chopped up bits on YouTube, we also chop things up for YouTube. So now that's clear. We also have a Twitter. We also have an Instagram. <laughs> you will find this on most locations. 
that need a handle. It's the end underscore pod. If you can't find us through that, we are Spank Media. So now that's done, where can people find you, Tim, and say goodbye to the folks at home? Goodbye, folks at home. You can find me at TM Bagshaw on Twitter mostly. I think my I have I do have an Instagram. It might be the same handle, but mostly on Twitter. I mean, I wouldn't mention the Instagram, mate. Yours is no use to man or beast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that only leaves me to say thank you very much for listening and thanks for sticking around. And we have been, and this is the end. Uh, <laughs> that was a marathon, mate. <laughs> Seriously.